This is episode number 326 with Alyssa Nobrega on The Killer to Self-Worth. Welcome to The Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? If you want to listen to my episodes one day earlier than they are released anywhere else, you have to download the app Himalaya and follow my show. Himalaya is free, super easy to use, and has every podcast you can think of. I love that you can leave comments under each episode and even create episode playlists. Make sure you check it out today. Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to introduce a new segment on my podcast where I bring on one of my soul sisters or soul brothers and we riff on a topic that we both love. I've been doing this show for a few years now and one of the most consistent pieces of feedback that I keep getting is that you want to hear more from me. Now, of course, when I'm interviewing a guest, my role is to let them shine so their message can be shared with the world. But you are right, because on all these topics that I talk about, I have so much more that I want to share. So I thought, what better way to do this than in my natural habitat, chatting with one of my soul sisters or soul brothers. So these weekly power chats are going to be backed with insights and actionable information. So don't worry about taking notes. You can allow yourself to sink in and then just head to the show notes for each episode to learn more about anything that we mention. First up, I'm so excited. I have one of my dear friends, Alyssa Nobrega. Now, Nick and I stay with Alyssa, her beautiful husband, Emilio, and their family when we are in LA. They are some of the most genuine, loving, and generous people I know, and I'm so grateful that we actually met through Instagram, which is so beautiful. I've met some of my best friends through Instagram. I love Instagram for that. It's amazing. So Alyssa is a trained psychotherapist and a thought leader in the coaching industry who is dedicated to women's empowerment. Today, we chat about the key to killer self-worth, a topic that I love talking about. So I hope you enjoy. Let's dive in. Beautiful Alyssa, yes, you are here. Before we dive in, my darling, I want to talk about how we first met because I can't remember who connected us initially. Someone connected us and said, you two should meet, you would get along. And we ended up having a FaceTime date because you live in LA, I'm in Australia. And it was like love at first sight on our first FaceTime. Okay, the real story, my story, is that I found you online, fell in love with you, was like, I'm going to do this like collaborator thing, reached out, we connected, and then we dropped in like to actually talking and love at first sight. 
<laughs> That's the real story. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And, you know, I've loved getting to know you deeper. Nick and I stayed with you and your gorgeous family in LA when we were last there. A couple of things that I love about you is your massive, big, giant heart. You are the embodiment of unconditional love, like you truly are. And when anyone meets you, I feel like you just like your heart just opens this vortex and you just get sucked in by your love. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And you are doing such amazing things in the world. I want to chat to you about self-worth because I look at you and I feel like we're both stepmommers. So I feel like we're doing similar work. We're both stepmommers. We've been through similar journeys. What do you think the key to self-worth is? I love this question. I love this topic because self-worth affects everything. It's the root for how much money we make, or the quality of lives we experience, the quality of relationships. And I would say that most of my life, my core story was that I wasn't good enough. Like that was my mind's conclusion. And so I was really wrapped in shame. And I know self-worth really well because the thing that caused me the most pain was actually my greatest gift. In rather than trying to fix this this broken sense of self of that I needed to be fixed or that I needed to get rid of something, ironically dropping into feeling all the way through the sense of not feeling good enough, somatically, mentally, emotionally, really going there, I discovered my wholeness. So I call it the paradox of transformation. So the very thing that we we stop and we're willing to face with presence and to feel it all the way through opens us to the very thing we desired. It's the last place that we would look. So who would know that not enoughness, not feeling good enough in some way was the doorway to feeling my wholeness, my fullness. I, I, it was the last place that I was willing to look and the, one of the most greatest gifts that I've ever discovered in my life. Okay. So say that we've seen that, then what? So like if we realize that, you know, self-worth is the key to everything, your relationships, how much money you earn, the experiences that you have in your life, everything. And so someone listening might be like, okay, I might have really low self-worth. I talk about it in Mastering Your Mingo, like the worthy ometer. So like if you are a 10 out of 10 on the worthy ometer, like you are calling in whatever it is that you desire. Maybe you're a zero. I know for me, for a lot of my life, I was down that bottom end because I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel fill in the blank enough, like what you were saying. So how do you teach people to dial up their worthy ometer? Like what are some tools and things? Like how can we get back up on the scale? Great. That's a good question. So First is always presence, really being mindful and present. And so not identifying with the thoughts or emotions that come up. People need to feel resourced to really do this work. And I call it find your center. So as you are present, you can go into actually feeling the sensations because most people will try to achieve their way to feel good enough, maybe to be smart enough, to be pretty enough, helpful enough, whatever it is, versus just stopping. So for me, being a coach, I like for myself and for clients, I like to call them forward and say, what would you do if you knew you were not? What would you say yes to? What would you say no to? So it grounds it. You face the very thing because it pulls it forward. It like, for example, I had Deepak Chopra's community reach out to work with me and, or to have me be an expert coach. I was literally in my daughter's room, my stepdaughter's room, in her pink paralyzed feeling like I needed to perform and to be good enough to do these coaching sessions. And in not 
trying to fix it and staying present, not identifying with these sensations that were arising and fully somatically breathing into and making space for them, it moved through and it moved through within 90 seconds. And I, the neuroscientists have found that it only takes 90 seconds to feel a pure emotion all the way through before it moves on. And so if somebody is ruminating in something, it means that there's a, they're looped in a story rather than just feeling it all the way through. And with presence, resourced, then we can let the sensations and the feelings, let them all the way through. I just want that to land for people. 90 seconds, 90 seconds. Cause I know whenever a feeling rises up, whether it's anger or frustration or sadness or whatever, it can feel like it's going to engulf you and like swallow you into the ground. But you know, something that I remind myself is like, One of my favorite mantras in the entire world is this too shall pass. And if you want to remember when you're saying that, that this will only last 90 seconds, it can allow you to fully feel that feeling, allow that feeling to fully manifest because we don't want to suppress. We're not, we're not about doing this. We don't want to suppress. So it's like, how can I fully feel this to allow it to release and move through so that then I can come back to the present moment, which is where self-worth is. Yeah. And so feeling it with presence, feeling it all the way through, two things are really helpful. Don't identify with any feelings or thoughts. Not to identify. You are the space that allows for all of it. You see thoughts, you see emotions. They They come and they go. There's an authentic confidence that is underneath any thought or any sensation. And as you hold presence, you may notice the walls in the room. So it's a trick to be like, notice the walls in the room. So while this sensation is coming up to the walls, mind that it's here. Now, so notice there's already an acceptance and a presence that's okay with whatever is arising. And then you're not identified with this small egoic self that is not feeling good enough or not feeling confident. And then it has more space. It's almost like it dilutes the energy. So you're not, it's almost like being like a red dot in the water. It's diluted and it's when you have a greater capacity to hold when you're not this identified egoic self. So you open the space, you notice what's already accepting, and it moves through. And you breathe the sensations with presence, without identifying. And it opens, ironically, it opens you to a deeper authentic confidence that's underneath the, the, the thoughts and the emotions that are clouding you to feel confident. Because as we're on our growth edge, entrepreneurs, and we're just growth-minded, we're not going to be the smartest, the best in the room, right? And so we want to have tools to move through the mental, emotional, somatic blocks. And part of that is through presence and your willingness to feel it fully. Mm, I love that. The willingness to feel it fully. Because I know for me in the past, it's felt so ginormous that I'm almost almost been like, I don't want to feel it. Like, cause I don't want to, it feels too big or it feels too scary. But like with everything that's going on in the world right now, like it's big to face this stuff. It's humbling to face this stuff right in the eyes and to go, okay, I need to look at this. But when we do look at things face on, whether it's a situation or a feeling, that's when the true healing begins. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise we're kidding ourselves. Yeah. The courage to, to be honest with ourselves, to feel what's true and present and to do it from a place of nourishment. I think that's important because there's a lot of trauma and a lot of stuff being activated personally, globally. And so how do you really 
anytime you go and hearing these things again, you want to make sure that you're resourced and that you have support if you're doing deeper traumatic work. We're just talking about more, you know, the garden variety of anxiety and low self-worth that comes up. If somebody's feeling something big, I would advise them to, to work with a therapist or something that's more traumatic. But if it's just around this incessant feeling of not being good enough, right? my experience is that it's a call to wake up to who you are beyond any thought of not good enough or good enough. Like who you are is much bigger than any concept you have about yourself. And when you feel that, when you know that, you open to an authentic confidence that's always here and always available, even when the mind gets clouded, clouded and the feelings get stormy, that, that there's an okayness at the heart of it. And when we're willing to face it, we experience that for ourselves. So what if you have an emotion that comes up, have a feeling that comes up and, and you sit with it, you're present with it, you remind yourself that it's 90 seconds and you say, I'm letting this go. But what if you're still gripping? Like, what if you're still holding on? Then what? Open your heart to the grip. Meet the grip with acceptance. Love doesn't have an agenda. Love meets everything with acceptance. Love's not like, I'm going to love you so that then you move away. It's like, how do I love this so that it's like the fixer, the ego wants to get rid of the ego, right? So it's like, how do I love this so it goes away versus how do I love this because this is what's calling for love? How do I meet this with love? How do I open my heart even more fully to this part of me or this sensation, this thought? That's more genuine and that's more aligned with our nature. And that's when things feel met and seen and integrate back into our nervous system. So my experience is there are phases to this though, because when we're really caught up, we're identified, we're in a story or some type of a loop, we want, I would encourage people to either feel it emotionally or somatically first, depending on how they're wired. Emotionally, meaning you can give voice to the part of you that doesn't feel good enough or feels scared or insecure. How do you give voice to it? What do you do? Like, how do you say it? Through journaling, or it could sound like, I don't feel good enough. Like, I don't think I could ever do what they're doing. I embody that part and I express it. And I talk as if I'm, it's not a, not talking about it, but talking from it. This is more of a gestalt practice. You talk from it. And then you access, you can literally move chairs and you can access another part of you that is loving and is has capacity to, to really genuinely meet your full range of your own humanity. And to say, I really hear that you're scared, sweetheart. Tell me more. It's not, it's not. And a lot of people mess this up and they say, it's okay, you don't need to feel that. It's more of a cheerleader. But ironically, as we learn to presence these parts of ourselves, we become better parents, we become better friends, better leaders, because micro and macro, relational work starts inside. And so as we know how to really be with those parts of ourselves, it makes us better partners in the world. And so you can, you can do more of this conversation on an emotional level where you let these parts of you talk. And then somatically, you can also do the 90 seconds. You can breathe into the sensations in your belly. Oftentimes it's your, it's your gut, it's your heart and it's your throat. That's the core work. And as you breathe into that and you allow it without an agenda, because love doesn't have an agenda, you allow it and really meet it. It starts integrating. And that's beautiful and powerful work. But at some point, you got to work with the mindset because the mind is what's creating the loop, creating you feeling that way often again and again. You can work it somatically and emotionally, but this is where you want to, at some point, start questioning the misunderstandings, the misidentifications that you bought into that have you keep feeling this way, that have you identified as somebody who can't do it or isn't good enough or whatever the stories are that are your go-to patterns. Yeah. So it's very much like the physical, you've got to work on the mindset, you've got to work on every layer. And 
I remember one therapist that I was working with and he said to me one time, I, I think I said, I feel like this. And he went, no, 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 no. There's a part of you that feels like this. And I was like, it hit me like a ton of bricks because all my life I'd been saying, I feel like this, I identifying with this. And then when he just said that one thing, like there are parts of you, I was like, oh my gosh, of course. It was like a lightning bolt or something. It just opened my eyes because there's little parts of us that don't feel worthy and that's okay. But it's just about acknowledging those little parts and saying, that's cool. You're there, but I'm going to choose to go this way instead or, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think most people live their life out of those undeveloped younger parts and they're letting that lead their businesses, letting that lead their choices around relationship instead of saying, okay, sweetheart, I got you or whatever your language is. It's like, I see you and everything wants to be seen and acknowledged. So you see and acknowledge those parts of you and you take dominion over those patterns and you still run your business and have the sales conversations and show up to, to create the life that feels true and aligned for you but without letting those parts you're identified with and lead your life. Absolutely. And that's subtle, but it's powerful shift. Oh, so powerful. That's it. Everything's simply looking for acceptance and it moves on. Yes. Yes. And I feel like when we have this understanding, it does affect every area of our life. It affects our business, our relationships, our health, you know, those major areas in our life. And it's really about looking at these areas. And I think 2020 has been an incredibly powerful year for us to really look at anything that we have been suppressing or pushing to the side. It's come up and it sometimes feels really uncomfortable. But on the other side of that discomfort is growth, is evolution, is an upgraded version of ourself. And sometimes we have to like shimmy our way through that discomfort to get to the other side of the platform where growth and evolution are. Yeah. And the, and the avoidance just postpones. It is uncomfortable sometimes, and it is hard to face some of these things. But my experience is it's harder to push them down and have them pop up in these other ways. And when we're courageous enough to look at ourselves, to, to have harder conversations, to see what life lenses we're looking through for ourselves and on a greater picture, I think it makes us better human beings and, our, and a better world. And so I won't ever stop evolving and looking. And I feel like that is such a powerful way to live because then as you, as you work through, and I talk about it on five levels of transformation, somatic, emotional, behavioral, unconscious, and mental. So we need to look at all of those. I would say people have different, sometimes different ones, but that's those are five levels of transformation in my experience. And sometimes people are more wired to get caught up in the mindset and they need more mindset work. Other people get sucked into their emotions and so they need to learn how to navigate their emotional well-being. So it, it depends. But I would say that when we're proactive to do the work, it makes life easier. The, the principles are similar inside as they are outside. So that's the beautiful thing. As you feel more whole by ironically embracing the parts of you that don't feel good enough or you've judged or out ostracized or rejected, ironically, that was the key to your wholeness, to your, your 
uh, enoughness, your confidence, because you have capacity to say yes to your full range of you and you feel comfortable in yourself. And then you show up in a room and people can feel it and you don't have to prove it. Right. And then it's space to really hear other people and people feel seen. And it just has this ripple effect and it shows up in our lives because then we don't unconsciously sabotage our growth and we're not identified with this old crusty story of not good enough. And we have space for that part of us, but it's not how we're, who we're living out of anymore. Mm, I love that so much. And I love what you said about you're just prolonging and you're just delaying the growth and the evolution. It's kind of like ripping off a Band-Aid. Do you call them Band-Aids in America? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like ripping it off. Like you can either slowly rip it off and just like delay it. Or you can just be like, I am ripping this off because a higher evolution of myself is waiting and ready. And I feel like life is so precious and so sacred and we don't know how long we're here for. And so we've got to do this work now. We've got to show up, be the best version of ourselves, show up as unconditional love for ourselves and others. You are such an inspiring example of that to me. Like Nick and I always say we want to be more generous and more loving like Alyssa and Emilio, which is her husband's name. And so we always like, you guys are like our benchmark for like generosity and unconditional love. And so you inspire me so much in so many ways. And you are the queen of this stuff, like this work, this deep work. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life and this has been such a pleasure. I feel the same, sister. You inspire me every single day. I feel like if there's anybody in the world who lives their joy, it is you. I am like, can you really live your joy in that much alignment and full yes? And I love you so much. And I'm leaning into receiving more of that and aligning more of that in my life. So thank you for being that example for me. Oh, thank you. And where can everyone find you, my love? AlyssaNabriga.com. Perfect. And that's the same as your Instagram handle. And we'll link to everything in the show notes as well. But thank you, my darling. This has been a pleasure. Keep shining your light. Don't forget that self-worth is reflected in every area of your life. So how worthy you feel is reflected in all the different areas of your life. So dial up your worthyometer. And remember that you are worthy of all that your heart desires. I loved this conversation. I absolutely adore Alyssa. If you loved it, come and tell me on Instagram, hit subscribe and leave me a review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And because this is the first one, the first power chat I've ever done. I want to know if you like it. I want to know what you think. So come and tell me and come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini. And you can tell me your top key takeaways from this episode there and share with me what you thought of this episode. And for everything that Alyssa and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 317. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please be an angel and share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, 
Do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.